Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Hope for Chronic Pain podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Dr. Katinka Vandermeer. Dr. Katinka grew up in Johannesburg, South Africa, as the daughter of a successful chiropractic doctor. She followed in her father's footsteps and graduated from Parker College of Chiropractic in 1999. She has since gained a reputation for developing a novel, non-invasive treatment system for neurologic rehabilitation of chronic pain, resulting in breakthroughs for even the most hopeless and severe cases. Her and her team have gained international attention due to their unprecedented success rates in these cases. Kent State University is slated to be involved with the first study of her work starting this year. She is an international speaker and best-selling author of three books, Putting Out the Fire, Taming the Beast, and Wake Up, Miracles of Healing from Around the World. Dr. Katinka practices in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and is the CEO of the Spiro Clinic. Welcome to today's podcast. I'm starting with a quote from Devin Duncan. Just because I can't control what life throws at me doesn't mean I can't control how I handle it. And then one more by Tom Lichtenberg. I used to tell myself, boy, if you can survive this, you can survive anything at all. Today I have the honor of speaking to Ken Green, who is an American professional golfer. He has played on the PGA Tour, the Nationwide Tour and the PGA Tour Champions. Ken has won 11 tournaments as a pro, including five PGA Tour events and played on the US team in the 1989 Ryder Cup. Ken has suffered devastating losses in his life. His son's death by overdose and an RV accident in 2009 that claimed the lives of his brother Billy, his girlfriend Jeannie Hodgkin and his beloved dog Nip. Ken's right leg had to be amputated due to the injuries he suffered in that crash. As if that wasn't enough, Ken developed CRPS because of that injury. But despite all these tragic losses, Ken has made it his goal to become an example of someone who overcomes devastating circumstances. And frankly, I'm in awe of you, Ken. Welcome. Oh, thanks for having me. And I, I appreciate those kind words. It's, uh, you know, it, it, life can be really hard. I mean, it, it's, uh, but I, I, I truly believe that if you, if you fight hard enough and you get through it, you will be a better person, you know, and... I'm without a doubt a better person now. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. I, I, I would prefer never to have had any of those things happen to me in life. But, but you know, it, it does. And and we as a as as human beings have to make a decision. You know how important life is, whether you believe in God or whether you don't. I I, I fully believe that you you owe it to yourself to just live your life to the fullest you can. Yeah, you know, Kim, when you were in my clinic, as I met you, you came to Spiro because um, of the CRPS pain and that amputated limb. And so I got to know you, um, you know, I, I think pretty well. And what always struck me about you is your awesome sense of humor. I mean, you could just say off the wall things, but you have this stability and calmness to you. And I'll never forget one day you said, you know, life has probably been a little harder for me than most. And um, I mean, talk about minimizing the things that have happened to you. I, I want to go through those things one by one, because I think our audience can definitely identify with some of it. Um, let's start with your childhood. You suffered horrific sexual abuse, and I know you talk about it in your book. Can you talk about how and 
how that happened? Well, you know, it's weird because, you know, this is, you know, 1970, where you don't have the internet or even the, you know, the, the social media that we do today, where, you know, a young kid who gets trapped might be able to get himself out of it, you know, where my my mom and dad had moved to the country of Honduras, uh, basically because my father was a terrible drinker and my mom was trying to save the marriage. So she thought that maybe we go to a brand new place, you know, maybe not as many people because it's, you know, obviously a, a Spanish-speaking country. Maybe he can get a grip on, on his drinking. Uh, and we moved and a, a very good friend of theirs who had been around us forever also moved with us. And he's the one that turned out to be the initiator, so to speak. Uh, and I, I know this sounds weird. You know, I, I, I remember I would wake up uh, in the middle of the night or the next day with, with no clothes on. And I could never quite understand how that would happen. But I, you know, you're 10 years old. You don't, you don't think about that stuff very long. And I slept in uh, just a cot in the, in the hall because uh, we had a lot of people and, and there wasn't enough rooms. And then one night I happened to wake up and Louie was there, uh, you know, playing with me and, and, you know, he just, he calmly told me that, you know, he, he had been chosen by my parents that he was going to teach me about, you know, sex and all that. And I know this sounds screwed up, but I, 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 I took him for his word. I, I didn't, you know, he, uh, it sounds terrible. He didn't hurt me. So I didn't think anything about it. It wasn't like I was, I was getting, you know, physically hurt. And I just, I believed everything he said. And then it, after a year or so, it fast forward to bringing somebody else in the picture. And that's when the physical pain and the sexual, uh, devious became awful. I mean, you were only 10, Ken, and when I, when I read your book, I just had this strong feeling as a mother, I have three boys, of, I wish I could go, you know, full time on itself and just hug you as a little boy. Um, it is so heartbreaking to me to read that. And then when your mom left Honduras and they threatened you and you were too scared to say anything... Um, and you stayed, right? You you stayed behind with your dad, and it continued. I I did, and uh, you know when, and I really I don't know the answer as to why or how Louis got these other two people involved, and I probably never will. Uh, but that's when things got really, you know, physical and and everything. And uh, I tried to kind of revolt when I said I wasn't going to, you know, wouldn't do this anymore and all that. That's when they started, you know, threatening, uh, 
you know, my mom and then she left and then they said they would kill my father if, if I left. And I, I honestly, I honestly believed them. And it was, uh, I, you know, so I just, I did what I thought was, you know, the right thing to do. And, and it, uh, you know, my father's drinking got worse and worse. So he was, he was kind of out of it every night. And whenever these other two were over, as, as soon as my, as soon as my dad, you know, would go unconscious is when, you know, all the stupid stuff would happen. And, and it was just, uh, you know, I look back at it now that, you know, I've, let the cat out of the bag, so to speak. And, and, you know, I try to, I try to understand it. Part of me understands I was just a kid. And part of me says, my God, how could you have been so stupid? But, uh, you know, I, I, all I could say is I did what I thought was the right thing at the time. And, and that's all I can go by. Yeah, you did the best you could uh, surviving with what you had available to you at, at that time. And I can hear such pain in your voice still, Ken. And I know that you've, you know, you've been in counseling and you've talked about it, you've written about it, you've told that story many times. But I don't think that ever gets less painful. Uh, you know, I love the, the theory that a lot of people and, and you know, the, the therapy world will also tell you this, that, you know, you got to give it time once you open up and all that, it'll pass. But it, I, I totally disagree with them. You just, you just learn to live. You have to just, you have to live. And, you know, whether it's through that trauma that I had or, or losing, you know, everybody that I've lost. I mean, you know, a, a friend of mine just lost their son. And I, I told him, I said that, it's, you know, don't believe people when they say it gets better over time. It doesn't. You're going to break down 10 years from now. You're going to break down 20 years from now when the right memory hits hits your brain. And, you know, that's just part of something we have to live with. When And it's, uh, you don't want it to be, get better as because as, you still want to, you want to have that emotional tie to a, to a child or, you know, to someone you love and, and uh, you know, the sexual abuse is the same way in, 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 a, in a different manner. And that it, it's never, you know, if you really start thinking about some of the things that, that you had to do, you, you how can you not be emotional about it? I mean, it was, it was pretty bad stuff. Yeah. And it, uh, but, you know, like I said, you know, that's, one of the reasons when I when I decided to write the book, you know, I had a, a few of my friends who did not know about Honduras, uh, and then I told them, you know, some of them were didn't didn't think I should put it in in the book, and I'm like, I, I can't do that. If I'm going to write a book about my life and how I've survived and all the you know the good times that I've had with the tour, how can I not write about? you know, the bad the stuff that's happened. I mean, it's just, it, it's all happened. So, you know, you, you have, if you're going to do it, you have to do it right, you know, and, th and that's 
just all spit it out. Just let it happen. And I commend you for for speaking up about something so deeply um, shameful and painful because lots of chronic pain patients have a history of childhood sexual abuse and, you know, people bury it. They don't talk about it. It's, it's that secret. But I think the more people give a voice to it, the more it's out there, um, the more can be done to prevent it, um, you know, for parents to pay better attention uh, because it is happening. It's still happening. Um, you did tell me, Ken, that one of the good things that came from that is that that really launched your golf career, right? It did. I mean, uh, the combination of of golf, uh, I wasn't really allowed to play any sports down there because I was American. Mm-hmm. So, you know, golf was the first you know, next step. And, uh, you know, my father did play golf and they, you know, went to the club every weekend and, you know, during the week. And so it was natural. And then, you know, as, as golf is, is a one, one man sport, you know? So after, you know, Honduras stuff happens and then I ended up leaving Honduras after that last night, uh, you know, golf saved my life. I, I, I have, there's not a, any doubt in my mind that if I don't keep playing golf when I come back, I would have turned into a wild, out-of-control kid, you know, the drinking and probably the drugs and everything else because, you know, I wasn't I wasn't adapting fast enough from what happened in Honduras besides just pushing it aside. And golf is what, golf is what saved me. My, I turned everything I had you know, in, into golf, uh, basically became a recluse at the age of well, like 13 when I got back, uh, you know, cause I, 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 I wanted nothing to do with people. Now I, I wasn't old enough or smart enough to realize why, <clears throat> you know, I do now, but you know, back then it was just, I love golf and then I'm staying with golf and I don't have to deal with people on a, on a, on a constant basis. And it, it it, it saved my life. There's no doubt about it. Can your uh, your heartbreaks into adulthood continued? And I, I think probably one of the very biggest things that happened to you uh, was your son passing away. Um, do you mind talking about that a little bit? Yeah, it was um, it was about six months after the accident where I lost Jeannie and Billy and Nip uh, mm-hmm. and my leg, and I've. Uh, I had a a long, long court battle with with my ex regarding our kids. She had two kids prior that I raised for the, the six years, uh, and then we had our biological son Hunter. Uh, and she refused to let me see the other two kids, and she did everything she could to turn Hunter away from me, uh, and literally fought in court for seven years over over custody stuff and and it uh finally got to the point where i was so afraid of the damage that hunter was going to go through that i i actually walked away for a few years when he was about 12 uh because i was concerned and i just let it you know i said i'm going to stay in touch with you but you don't have to see me whenever you want to see me you know we'll we'll start up again and 
fortunately it did about three years later. And so we had, we had actually uh, become, you know, a, a good relationship. And uh, he had finally, and he was a little troubled during his teen years, uh, but nothing crazy, crazy, but just he was what I call a reactor. He had a, a quick temper and, and got himself into trouble that way sometimes. Uh, but he had just gone back to, to school in Dallas and, you know, one thing led to another at a party with alcohol and some drugs and, and, you know, sometimes the body doesn't, uh, doesn't survive a night. And it's, uh, you know, what I've always told people is that, you know, all right, you know, I was, I was 50 years old when the accident happened. Jeannie was 52. Billy was 56. At least we had a run. You know, we had a, a good blast through life. You know, whereas when you lose a, a child, he's, you know, he's 20 years old and it's like, you know, I mean, anyone who knows, who has lost someone young knows, but it's just, you know, you just, that, that never crosses a parent's mind that you're, you're going to outlive your child, much less a younger, you know, child. And, and it's, uh, it's, it's a horrible feeling and it's, a, and it's, it, it's really a, it's a eye opener because it really, you're going to have to decide how you want to live those rest of your, your days. You know, you can, you can wallow around and, and be half of a, of a shell or again, you have to, you have to honor yourself and, and, and whether you believe in God or not, you have, to, I mean, you owe it to your life. I mean, think about it. If you don't believe in God, this is your only life. Then you better damn well live it the best you can, right. and if you and if you do believe in God, then well, then it's not a big deal. You're going to miss him, but you're going to see him again, and you'll everything will be fine. So you know, I happen to believe in God, and so I I I took that approach that you know every one of these things that there's nothing I wanted, but I'm I'm going to live my life the, the best and and do the best I can do and you know, try to help as many people as I can help and, and do whatever I can. So when, when I go belly up, I, I can, I, I can look at the, at everyone and say, you know, I, I, I did the absolute best I could do. And I, I became a better person every year. And that's, that's what I'm striving to do is when I look back a year from now, I want to make sure that I did a lot of good things. So I'm a better person next year than I am this year. And if you keep following that trend, you're, you're going you're gonna to die a pretty good person. I love that. I, I think that should be on a plaque somewhere. Um, can, so I want to talk about the accident, but I, I can't talk about your accident without talking about Nip, your dog. Uh, we, both, we both share a great love of German shepherds. I've, I've loved them ever since I was little. And Nip was your beloved dog. And... Um, my gosh, we can talk, I think, for 20 minutes on each topic. But um, summing it up, you were playing ball with Nip and uh, released Nip to go get the ball in a canal behind your home in Florida. Yeah. And you heard the splash and uh, heard a second splash and you knew there was a gator and jumped in the canal because... That's what most people will not do is jump into the water. Uh, 
Do you mind telling that story? Because that's incredible. It was. I mean, Nipa, you know, her love for me was just, I mean, I tell people that the difference between a German Shepherd and, and other dogs is, is if you walk into a house of fire, they will walk in with you. They trust you that much. Other dogs will look at you like you're an idiot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Nip was like that. I, you know, she, I could walk down a highway with, with Nip without a, without a leash and I would never worry about her running into the road. Uh, so we were, we were playing and, you know, I let her go into the canal after the ball hit her tooth and flew into the, into the canal because the, the canal was dirty. It's not that I was worried about a gator because I've been there 18 years and I've seen one gator and he was about maybe two feet long. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I figured, ah, she's due for bad. So I snapped my finger, and, which for her meant she could go get the ball. So the reason, it, it, the reason she ended up splashing is because she was running so hard to jump over the fence that she kept running and just, just jumped into the, into the canal. And then when I heard the second splash, I was like, oh, my God, please don't tell me that's what I think it is. So I go running out there. And by the time I get to the edge of the water, Nip's swimming back and the gator is going to cut her off. And uh, so I, I, my initial thought was maybe I could run and, and jump on the gator, but I wasn't sure if I could reach her. I, I, I didn't ride. do it. I, I don't know what, uh, you know, it was, I remember you wanted thinking to that, ride the gator. I, well, I was going <laughs> to jump on him and, you know, just grab him and see what happened. And, uh, yeah. You know, I didn't do it, so I don't. But I, I don't know why I, I didn't. And then the gator gets the dog, and I jump in. I'm, I'm neck high in water, and there's no movement. I mean, not a, a not a, any movement in the water, just still as possible. And I was like, oh my god! I was actually remember yelling at myself uh, for not doing anything. And and about maybe a minute later, about 15 feet from me, the the tail and the back of the gator pops up. So I literally walk over or, well, waddle or whatever you want to call it. And when I get there, I realize how big this gator is. Because my initial thought was maybe I'll reach around the stomach and, and hold it and see what will happen. And, but his gut was too big. I, I couldn't get around half his gut with one hand. And so I decided to grab the, the beginning of the tail, which was right next to her back leg, the gator's back legs. And then I'd punch the gator in the stomach. And then all I remember after that was seeing the gator come flying up at me and let go of the dog that was drowning. And as soon as the gator's mouth hit the water, the gator did the spin and the roll and the roll. And I, I, I'm guessing I probably held on four or five times based on all the cuts and, and, the, and the bruised ribs that I had. And by the time I uh, surfaced from the water, you know, because now I'm not standing. Now we're swimming. I look up and Nip is trying to get to the edge of the water. The gator is about 15 feet just looking at me. And it's, it, it's probably wondering, like, what in the hell is that thing that just did this to me? And, you know, if, if the gator came back at me, I, I had zero chance of winning that battle. So everything went our way. And, you know, Nip almost died from all the water because she wasn't under for so long. But uh, she ended up with about 25 stitches and, and she ended up living and, uh, she too had kind of a wild life cause I ended up losing her in the accident. So she, uh, she, she left, uh, way too early, but 
you know, she had a lot of excitement for as dogs go, so to speak, being with me. Nepad, a full life. Let's uh, let's move into the RV accident that cost you your leg and your loved ones. Uh, I had just turned 50, so I'm, uh, for those viewers that don't know, there's a, a champion senior tour run by the PGA Tour for golfers that are 50 and older. And it was a, it was a new chance for me because uh, I'd lost all my money in the divorce and, and the seven-year court battle. You can only imagine the cost that was. So this was a chance to get healthy and And things were, you know, I started out pretty well and I was making money and everything was good. We were coming back from Austin, Texas, uh, heading to Greensboro, North Carolina, uh, where Jeannie had a house. And we were in the state of Mississippi when the front right tire blew. Uh, and I only remember hearing the explosion of, of the tire. I literally don't remember anything else after that. Uh, from what I'm told, the RV swerved left and then went hard right, straight down an embankment and crashed into this massive oak tree that literally made the RV look like an accordion. I mean, it just hit it right smack in the center of the RV and just it probably it was a 42-foot RV, and it was now probably only a 30-foot RV. It just, just got pulverized. And then... You know, unfortunately, I lost I lost Jeannie, I lost Billy, and I lost Nip. Mm -hmm. um, I must have come out and run up because I got sent out the window. Uh, most of my body went out the left window, and my but my my right leg went out the right. And there's a, a you know a, a pole in the middle for, and so I think that's why the the leg took a beating so bad. And you know, it was. Uh, You know, I mean, it, it's, it was just another insane bump in my road, so to speak. And, you know, but I I still, I truly thought that it's going to be okay. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to keep playing golf somehow, one way or the other. I'll figure out a way how to survive. And, and you know, we'll just keep on, we'll just keep on trucking. And uh, the, which I now know is CRPS, really I know this sounds kind of strange considering everything else that's happened to me. It was probably the hardest battle because we didn't know what it was, you know, and, right. and everyone kept telling me it's, well, it's part of the amputation to just give it a couple more years, you know, and it's like, Oh, this is pretty nasty pain. You know, I'm, I'm having pain when it storms, I'm having pain when I touch an iPad, I'm having pain when I pee. I can't go into restaurants or movie theaters anymore. It's like, this can't be normal. <laughs> It's just, you know, and, but I couldn't find a doctor that knew what they were doing. And I imagine you had some of the best doctors uh, yeah. available. Yeah. Yeah. We went, we went everywhere, you know, New York, Georgetown, you know, Michigan, you know, it, I tried everybody, you know, and nobody could figure it out. Yeah. Some some quack from South Africa figured it out. <laughs> some crazy chiropractor in Arkansas of all places. Uh, Kent, so I want to, you know, my next question was going to be, 
after suffering all that, how did you soar instead of being destroyed? But I do want to mention, I, I don't want to just paint this pretty picture. I mean, you went pretty low because I know one night uh, you you attempted suicide. Is that right? Was that when the pain hit you, the physical pain? Uh, well, I had done, when I, the, the time I tried to commit suicide was after the seven years of, of court battles. And I'd fallen okay. into a, a massive depression. And I, I just, I, you know, I, I hate the word depression because I think it's used too lightly. Mm -hmm. uh, I think people use it just when, you know, things aren't going so well. A depression is when you're you're not you and you yeah. don't know it. You you know, I mean, I, I look back on those three years. I don't I don't have any memory of those three years whatsoever. And I have a, uh, you know, a pretty... A, pretty impressive memory, or at least I used to before CRPS, but, and I'm only alive because of a dog. You know, I don't know if you remember that story, but I mean, yeah. I, I'm literally alive because of the dog. The dog is the one that woke up my, my girlfriend and dragged her off the couch and jumped on me. And, you know, if that doesn't happen, you know, we're, we're not talking today, but I, and fast forward to the pain, and, and I was at the point uh, that I, I didn't know how much longer I could, I could take. You know, I told Kristen, I said, my, my son and Kristen both knew that if, if you didn't work, uh, that I was going to be leaving, you know, the planet. Now, it doesn't mean, like, I would leave the next day and do it. It would, it would still be a time when the pain was so bad for two or three days that you just you couldn't handle it. But I was definitely there, you know, and, and it's uh, but it was a, it, it, as weird as this might sound, it was different than when I was in depression. Because when I didn't know what I was doing, I knew exactly what I was doing when I told my son and Kristen that, that you know, this was this was it for me. And it's uh, it was just the pain was just too. It, I don't care who you are. You can only take so much pain. Yes. How are you doing today, Ken, after uh, completing? Well, you almost completed my program. You, I think you left a few weeks early. Yeah, the well, the well blew up in Florida. No. <laughs> <laughs> something blew up. You had to oh, go Oh, yeah. Just, just, there's always something in my life. There's nothing goes. But those are good things. You know, to me, that's like a no-brainer. That's, that's so easy. Yeah. <laughs> the least of your worries. Um, how are you doing physically? I, I'm... I'm still very happy. I mean, I, I still have some flares. I mean, I obviously I left a little before we could get down to zero, mm -hmm. but you know, I I'm playing more golf than I've ever played. And the, the thing that I notice is that I can now stay afterwards and, and hang out with friends and go to restaurants and do things that I couldn't do before. I mean, mm -hmm. it was, it was everything. It took me everything I had just to play 18 holes and then I had to leave. Mm -hmm. And it, and now it's like I can do things. And it's uh, I'm 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 tickled pink. I mean, I, you know, I still have an occasional flare here and there. But, uh, you know, to me, it's I mean, it sucks, but I laugh at it because it's nowhere near what it used to be. Now, here's one for you that you you may or may not get. It used to be the more I did, the more pain I would feel. Mm -hmm. So, you know, obviously then you're stuck at home a lot, but now it's like, it's, it's complete opposite. 
It's like when I stay home and do nothing for the day, it's like I have more flares then versus going out and golfing and doing things and hanging with people. So I, I have no, I guess that's just the wackiness of this disease, but, uh, I'm, I'm tickled pink and, you know, I, I, I tried to plug as hard as I could at the, at the, uh, in North Carolina at Pinehurst where the USGA adaptive open. So, you know, it, uh, I know you got a lot of ink during that week. So, but it's, uh, as you know, it's, nobody even knows what, you know, CRPS is. Right. You know, it's, you know, it's like, it's like, I couldn't really tell Kristen, it's like, well, how many, in, how many initials can I have? You know, you get, you get TBI and PTSD and now I got this stupid CRPS. I mean, <laughs> am I just going to run through the, the entire alphabet? <laughs> uh yeah, and I have no doubt. And if you come back for you know two three weeks, we can we can beat this thing into sub, into submission and remission. Uh, we just need a gap in your very crazy busy life. I know that while here, you encourage many other patients um, that were going through the program with you. What advice do you have on surviving difficult life altering events and circumstances that you haven't already covered? Well, I mean. What I what I would probably tell somebody who's might be suffering through you know CRPS and and you know the pain and all that is that is now you, you only you can make the decision you know it's contrary to it, whether again maybe some people need a therapist maybe some people need a dog some people need to talk to a monkey I don't care who you talk to but you better talk to yourself because only you are going to make the final decision and you have to decide that you're going to keep fighting as long as you can until you've literally have zero options left. And, you know, now with, it, say we're talking to someone with CRPS, your, their last option is going to be you, but you better find a way to get to you because you're worth it. Yes. You know, I mean, it, it's better to be living your life and, and in debt than, than not living your life or living in pain. It's, you, you're not going to have a life if, if you're living in pain. I think that is so powerful, Kenan. You know, I think everyone likes a happy ending, but I don't think life is quite that linear. Um, I'm assuming that your past will always be interwoven with your present. And yet, like you said, you you recently played in the Adaptive Open and you came in six. I mean, you played guys way younger than you. Um, yeah, guys that had all their limbs too. <laughs> That's hard. <laughs> Golf is hard. And if you're missing a limb, it's much harder. It's, it's almost impossible to beat people with, with, with all their limbs, yeah. Yes, but, I mean, you did so incredible, and I think you just, you're going to go on and do great things. And I am so honored to know you. Not only have you suffered unspeakable tragedies, but you're using your heartbreak to lift others up. Do you have any parting wisdom? You know, I, I, again, I, I just, I, the, the thing that I, I will tell people and, and until I go belly up is only you can decide and it's life is worth it. You, you know, when, when you're at your worst state, you're not always thinking right. You might not be in a full depressed state, but you know, if it's injuries or cancer or CRPS or whatever it might be, you're not thinking right. So you need to get out of your head and start talking to yourself because Again, life is worth it. There's not a doubt in my mind. Just it's a weird analogy, 
Go look and see how dogs handle things. And they live every moment in the moment and they fight and with joy and, they, and sometimes they fight with anger, but they, they live every minute of their life with a purpose that day and that day only. And that's, that's what we should be doing. And we humans tend to get ahead of ourselves. That's brilliant advice. I'm so glad I asked you that last question. Um, I highly recommend that you read Ken's book, Hunter of Hope, a life lived inside, outside and on the ropes. You won't ever forget that book once you've read it. Uh, and we will include the link in our social media posts about this podcast. Ken, thank you so much for today. Um, I appreciate you, my friend. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thanks. I'm ending today with a simple quote by an unknown source. It doesn't get easier. You just get stronger. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are excited about every new person we are able to reach. It is our most sincere hope that our podcast will bring hope to many. If you or someone you love is suffering from chronic pain, please don't lose hope. Visit our website at www.thespiroclinic.com for more information and stories of hope. That's www.thespiroclinic.com for more information and stories of hope.